When you watched that game, did you think the Pelicans played well at all? No? I'll tell you why that's a good thing in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. If y'all on this Wednesday, day after the Pelicans fall to the Phoenix Suns, 112-97, a disappointing loss. But there's a lot of reasons for optimism. We'll talk about that in today's show, along with some of kind of the biggest storylines from this game and why they lost. But those are all things they can improve upon. And that's why I think this might not be as bad as it looks. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week, wherever you get your podcast. Breaking this team down, the good, the bad, the biggest moments of the season. Been doing this for almost a decade now, covering the team this podcast for six years. So whether you've been with me from the start, whether you just started tuning in, because this team is fun, right? They really do play like the city of New Orleans, and that's something we'll talk about as we get mo- uh, closer towards the offseason. I appreciate you being here and making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. Helps keep this free in five days a week for y'all. So let's dive right into this one. One twelve ninety-seven loss to the Phoenix Suns. This team, the Pelicans in this one, kind of sucked. Like, they kind of sucked. I get some of the frustration early on with the refs, but I'm not going to make excuses for the Pelicans in this one, right? They were bad. This was the first game in this series, including game one, when there was a healthy Devin Booker out there on the court, that it looked and felt like a one seed versus an eight seed. And there's a ton of reasons why. CJ McCollum had no offense going. We'll talk about him in the next segment, right? Willie Green needs a quicker leash with certain players, and some of the rotations were like definitely off. We'll talk about that in the third segment of today's show, right? Brandon Ingram had just no space to work offensively, and life was difficult for him. The team had 15 turnovers. They played crap defense, right? And even when they could make plays, they just didn't hustle back and do things. You saw them give up way too many easy transition points to the Phoenix Suns because they just didn't hustle. And that's a mentality thing. Then you also have Mikel Bridges with a career game. And sometimes a good player is just going to come out, outwork you, outplay you. You tip your hat to them and go, good job. And that was Bridges in this game. But I could go on with more, right? The Pelicans were 5 of 25 from 3. You're not going to win very many games like that. You know, there was just so much that was so bad for New Orleans. And I tweeted this out during the game. You know, if they had just corrected one of these things, if they were a little bit better in one area, they could have won. The game was there for the taking. It was an eight-point game late in the fourth quarter with this team playing horribly. I didn't think they did, like, anything well, really, other than Jose Alvarado. Jose, you are exempt from any criticism from this one. He was awesome. But everyone else, like, just struggled. It was just like a blah performance, right? Right. Certainly could have been worse. And that's why this is kind of encouraging, right? 
They didn't play anywhere near what we've seen them play like. If they do, if they do, they win this game. Probably by like six points. So I think there's room to just be better. And if you are better at home in New Orleans in game six, which is now an elimination game. It was always going to be an elimination game. But it was it's an elimination game for New Orleans. So you've got your backs to the wall. The crowd in there is going to be like just raucous as all hell. You got to feed off of that. And you can just improve literally everywhere. So if you only do it in half of the spots, you're going to do much better. You should win that game and force a game seven. And then I still feel pretty good about this team on the road in game seven because they could have won this game, which is a wild thing to say, given that I thought they sucked. I thought they absolutely sucked in this game. Again, it looked like a one versus eight seed for whatever reason. They just did not have it. And they could have won. I don't know. I find that encouraging. I'm, maybe it's, it's a little bit of a homer in me, but I think that's kind of the way I'm looking at it like this. I don't think New Orleans did anything great. So if you do a couple of great things, beat the Phoenix Suns. They pestered Chris Paul all night. Yeah, he got he shot better, but there were stretches where he wasn't good. And Jose Alvarado forced an eight-second violation on him, right? In his head, causing trouble for him while also giving this team offense. That was w- wonderful. There's The blueprint is there on what to do. And if it wasn't for Bridges playing 47 minutes in this game, right? Hitting four threes and scoring 31 points while playing unbelievable defense. He's the runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year. Four blocks in this. They don't win. If that's how the Pelicans lose with Bridges playing like that while they're playing well, that's how the Pelicans lose, and I can live with that. They lose... Because they look like an eight seed versus a one seed, I'm disappointed but I have because I have higher expectations for them now, but I get it to a certain degree. But they're better than that. And I think you're going to see that on Thursday in the Smoothie King Center. And I don't doubt that you're going to help them kind of play that way and propel them with energy that they were lacking in this because it's going to be, oh boy, that's going to be a hostile environment and a fun atmosphere to be in. And I cannot wait to get to game six on Thursday. It's gonna, it's not going to be much sleep here for me also because it's like almost 1 a.m. as I'm recording this and we got a lot to talk about with this team. So coming up next, let's talk about C.J. McCollum. Struggled mightily in this game. What's going on there? What can we really expect from him going forward? How can they get him going going forward? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else, the Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every single pair they will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened you threw your sunglasses at the wall and lost them or broke them in frustration over game five you're going to get a new pair of shady rays so give them a try and if you don't love them you'll pay nothing it's as simple as that plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in america when you shop with shady rays and exclusively for our listeners head to shadyrays.com and use promo code locked on to get 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses it's almost the summer it's basically summertime here in new orleans you got to look good you got to have protection from your eyes shady rays is going to help you do that again that is promo code locked on for their best deal of the season 50 percent off two or more pairs of shady rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you get it from both sides. You can't get all the context from Box Court. You need to hear the local experts. Also, go check out Locked On Suns. Be a little nice. Brendan's a good dude. I like him a lot. You guys have been like right, right up in there uh, in a funny way. I kind of dig it. Hate listens count. So go give him a couple of hate listens. Get their perspective on what's going on in this series as well. And so we'll talk about CJ McCollum right here. Let's We, we can dive into it. Um, no, first, though, I do want to shout out again, Pels 12, everybody here with this. Lockdown Pelicans is is always on the iTunes basketball charts. We do really well on there. It's usually kind of like in the twenties and such. I've never been on the 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 iTunes sports chart of all sports, just all sports podcasts. Lockdown made an appearance on there yesterday for the first time. That is incredible. That the smallest market team, and it is the smallest market, is kind of having that kind of pull. And that's not because of me. Again, that's because of. You all listening to today's show, to make a mark like that sends a message to the national media of what Pelicans fans are, why this city deserves a team. So you are absolutely sending a message. It's just really cool to see that. It's a lot of fun to see it kind of ranking that high and all the people tune it in. So I appreciate you all. And again, thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen. Okay, CJ McCollum, enough of that. He needs to be better. It's that simple. CJ McCollum, this series needs to be better. That's it. That's the segment. We could move on, right? It's it's plainly obvious. He has not played well this series. He has scored. He has scored. But he has not played well this series whatsoever. He's not shot well this series. He's averaging 23.4 points per game. It's pretty good, right? But he's doing it on 21.8 shots per game. That's really low efficiency. And for a team that struggles in the half court, you, you can't have empty possessions like that. In this game, game five, he was, where'd the numbers go? Seven for 22. 31.8%. He was one of eight from three, 12.5%. That's not going to do it. 21 points on 22 shots is, is bad. That's bad. Eight rebounds, that's good. Five assists, that's okay. But that type of shooting, that's not great. In this series so far, He's shooting 38.5%. By comparison, Devontae Graham is shooting 35.3%. Think about that one for a second, right? He's shooting okay, 35% from three, but that's on an outlier game where he went six of 10 in what, game three? Game two? And he's not doing that again. And because we're playing with such small sample sizes, it's kind of like elevating that shooting percentage up. So honestly, if you take that out, it's much worse. And so if he's not giving you the scoring you need, you know, I don't really know what to say. Defensively, he's not good. That's been a problem. He struggles defending, and this whole team struggled to defend in this game, and he's a big part of it when you're playing that many minutes. And if he's not giving you that offense, kind of side-eye it a little bit right there. You know, and look, he's been okay in the playoffs throughout his career. This is kind of like who he is. You know, there's a reason why the... Portland Trailblazers just never like did as much as you would have wanted them to do in the postseason. The defense got exposed with undersized guards. CJ's part of that, right? And are these empty stats? No. Is he more of a regular season player than a postseason player? Maybe. I got to dive into that more before I make that determination. But you get what I'm trying to kind of say. 
look, he's a great trade. I want him on the team. You wouldn't move him or anything like that. But is this a guy who that is like consistently delivered in the postseason with his time with the Portland Trailblazers and kind of taken a, a really zoomed out view covering the NBA? You know, I host Locked On NBA, so I do a national show too. I don't really know if there's a ton of like signature moments from him in the postseason. And so maybe this is an area he struggles, right? And when the defenses get ramped up in the postseason, when the Pelicans aren't a good half-court team anyway and there's not great spacing out there, maybe it's just tough for him to kind of succeed in a situation like that. So they do need to find other ways to try and spring him and get him open and get him good looks because you do see him forcing a lot of shots. And that can be a big problem. He's taking a lot of shots just way too early in the shot clock without this team really working the ball around. In the first half of this game, the Pelicans had eight turnovers and just six assists. You're, you're, you're not going to win games. You're not going to win games if that is the case. Actually, they finished just as bad in this one. 15 turnovers, 14 assists. There needs to be more ball movement, more screens, more more cross-court cuts, whether they're pin-down screens, elevator door screens, whatever, just to create some good looks. And there's too many times you see this offense go stagnant. I think some of this is they let these guys play, right? Willie Green isn't calling tons and tons of plays from the sideline. Notice the team's not looking back at him when they're on offense on the other side, being like, what's the call, coach? They're out there just kind of playing. And Brandon Ingram's at times hunting matchups, and they're kind of freestyling it a little bit. That's what most NBA teams do, by the way. But maybe Willie Green needs to step in and install a little bit more structure to really kind of help these guys. But this lack of spacing, and some of that has to do with starting two bigs in Jackson Hayes and Jonas Valanciunas, and maybe you could argue, and we'll talk about this more in the next segment, that there needs to be more Trey Murphy because he does help the shooting, even if he's not making shots himself. You know, those are the type of things they need to really look at with from the game film on this with game six approaching they're doing a lot of things right if they can get a just a decent cj game they're, they're gonna win and they'll force a game seven and if you get another decent cj game you can win game seven but this is also on him being part of the offense and not trying to force shots when they're just doing okay your turn brandon now it's my turn now it's your turn. Now it's my turn. I'll take three in a row. Then you can take three in a row. You're seeing a lot of that. It's not this kind of team-oriented style of play where they're moving the ball, trying to find shots. That .5 mentality that Willie Green has instilled in these guys vanishes for periods of time. Vanishes. That's how you end up with 15 turnovers and 14 assists. That's a horrendous game. You're not going to win. So they need to figure that out. They can figure that out. And hopefully they do for game six and CJ has a big game and then they carry that momentum over to game seven. Otherwise, it's going to be a little bit dicey for the, the rest of this way here, I think. But New Orleans is good enough to win game six and good enough, I truly believe, for game seven. But not when CJ McCollum is shooting 38%, 32%, going one of eight. They need to create good looks, get him in the flow of the offense. Will Green, it's your time. And you weren't great in this one, so let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I had one of these today because I have one of these things every day and I look forward to it. These are the best tasting protein bars out there. They have delicious flavors because Built puts the taste first. They're all about the taste. I love the mint brownie, the coconut almond, the coconut brownie chunk. That's a special time flavor. Whenever you see it, just buy it. It's that good. I promise you. And all built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, so you don't even realize you're eating a protein bar. You think you're eating a candy bar. 
They have that kind of consistency too. They're not chunky. They're not dry. They're delicious. And you want to give them a try because the macros are good. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week for y'all, breaking down everything regarding this team. No one else doing things like that. So make sure you're subscribed. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment. And now for your second listen. Thursday, big day. Yeah, basketball game. Also, the NFL draft. Saints have two first-round picks. You got to check out Locked On Saints because I need to catch up on all that. And Ross Jackson is doing an amazing job breaking down everything black and gold to help me catch up and know what's going to happen on draft day and give me the analysis that I need to be an informed Saints fan. And Ross is breaking down everything black and gold. So go, go check out Locked On Saints. Make sure they are your second listen today. All right, we are talking about the Pelicans' 112-97 loss to the Phoenix Suns. Like It was closer than the final score indicates. They were right in this. It was a seven-point game, eight-point game. It was there for the taking. Just little tweaks, little tweaks. Please do it. And Willie Green was was a culprit in this one. I just did a huge segment on how he's been a really good coach. And I do think he has the right feel for this team. I'm not saying make wholesale changes. Don't. I'm not saying don't start Jackson Hayes, right? I'm not saying don't play Devontae Graham. But there needs to be better in-game tweaks, I think. He's made the right adjustments. You've seen it. And I trust him. And he said after the game that he doesn't really see big changes happening to the rotation for game six. Though, you know, maybe he doesn't kind of want to overplay his hand and and tip his hand to the Phoenix Suns when it comes to that. But let's take him at his kind of word here. I think that's okay. But I do think he needs to be better at those on-the-fly adjustments, the in-game moments. He's really good at the end of a half to the next half. We've seen the Pelicans win every third quarter, I believe, in this series. Usually by a significant margin, it was just two in this game. So he's clearly capable of making adjustments at halftime in the locker room. But I'd like to see better adjustments from him in the midst of the game, on those moment-to-moment you know, plays and basis, and on the flies, I'm calling them here. Devontae Graham in this game was rough. He was rough. I agree that he played well in games three and four, and I don't think you take him out of the rotation necessarily entirely. I can live with it, but there needs to be a quicker hook. You know, if you realize in that first stint that he is not playing well, you got to pull him and you don't play him again. And I get kind of what Willie Green is trying to do when it comes to Jose, right? You probably need more Jose if you have a quicker hook on on Devontae Graham and Willie Green didn't do that in this game because he was very clearly just trying to save Jose to to throw on Chris Paul in the fourth quarter and kind of match those minutes and kind of keep him as fresh as possible right like oh we're gonna save him and then we're gonna unleash him in the fourth quarter when he's got all of this energy because he hasn't played that's great but not when you spot the Phoenix Suns an 18 point lead a 13 point lead you know a double digit lead it doesn't work because it's too big of a hole to try and climb out of So you need to make sure you're not in that big of a hole in the first place, right? Jose Alvarado played 20 minutes in this one. Would he be just as effective if he was playing 25? Probably. If he played 30, would he be 100% the exact same player? No. But in some of those minutes, if if he's given you 70%, 75%, 80% of what he can do, it's still a better 
like I don't know, it's more more plane of basketball, like more quality, quantity, more numbers, everything than what Devontae Graham gave you in this one. He was bad defensively. He's been bad all series defensively, I've thought, but he made threes before. He wasn't in this one. At that point, he's not giving you anything, so you've got to do something else, right? This team was bad when he was starting, when he was the lead guard. That's not what he should be doing, and that's what you're asking him to do in the postseason. I don't love that. Again, I get where Willie Green's head is at. I, I truly do. And I don't think you need to remove those minutes. But if you take, you know, Devontae Graham played 12 minutes in this. Can you cut seven of those? Six of those? And can they go to Jose Alvarado? Can they go to Najee Marshall, who actually I thought played pretty okay in this game and he only had seven minutes of action? I think those are the type of moves you want to see. When there's periods where the Phoenix Suns aren't guarding Jackson Hayes, you've got to pull him quicker. And again, he's not playing a lot. Played 15 and a half minutes in this. It's the most he's played kind of in a while. You need to be better at those in-game adjustments, those moment-to-moment adjustments, and that's something that hurt New Orleans. Willie Green is a good coach. He trusts his players. He believes in his players. He knows his players. But sometimes that goes a little too far, and that's part of the reason why they lost this game. Again, there were a lot of reasons, right? We're talking about the ones they can kind of control and some of the rotations and things like that. And look, can you take some of those Jackson Hayes minutes away and give them to Trey Murphy? This is a game they lost by 15, and Trey Murphy was a net zero. On the Per game, he's averaging a positive 6.6. That's the best by far for the Pelicans. Next closest is Brandon Ingram, who's positive 2.4 on average. Sometimes these things seem a little bit obvious, and the coaches need to kind of go and do that. We'll see. Will Green said he's not going to make changes. Kind of hopeful he does, or at least has a better feel for the the in-the-moment stuff than what he's done so far. That's definitely been lacking this season. But as I said, right, there's reasons for optimism because that can get better. CJ McCollum can play better. Defensively, just playing with more energy and keep your head on a swivel and stop falling asleep, right? That was uncharacteristic of them so far in this postseason. That can improve. Is Mikel Bridges going to kind of have the same type of performance he had? Probably not. Are you going to shoot that poorly from three again? That one's a maybe. But you get what I'm saying. So despite the loss, it being close in the fourth quarter, I feel good. And I think New Orleans will win this game six and is going to be very competitive in game seven. It's all you can really ask for at this point. Again, it is still a one seed versus an eight seed. Our expectations have been raised by how well the Pelicans have played and the Devin Booker injury. But the Suns have been able to get it done all season long without those guys. Are they going to be able to continue? We'll see. We're going to find out, and we're going to be covering it here at Locked on Pelicans. So thank you all very much for listening to today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Hopefully I made you feel a little bit better after the loss last night. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow to preview Game 6 and what's going to be a hell of a time in the Smoothie King Center.